Welcome back to Extreme Voltage. My name is Dean Melkonian, and we're going to be discussing everything LA Chargers. We are going to discuss the draft that happened back in April and give you a nice little synopsis on how that looked. We're going to go right into our training camp uh, information. This is day eight of training camp here on August the 5th, 2022. We're going to discuss the last week of uh, a full uh, training camp and try to break down uh, positional issues and, and uh, start doing a real good construction on our roster. Uh, we're going to obviously finish up with our free agency. We had such a great splash. We talked about it last podcast with J.C. Jackson and the defensive uh, tackles that came in. Uh, so amazing type of information coming at you. We're going to break it all down. We're actually going to go back and, and do a quick draft synopsis for the 2018 uh, Chargers draft class and see how that fared out. Uh, I'll give you my grade. I, you know, Obviously, you can't give a grade right after a draft like some places do. We like to give it to you four years after and let you know what that grade was. So we'll we'll discuss that a little bit. Obviously, we got we got a lot of information to go through today. I'm really hopefully you guys are staying with us and and discussing it. Let's go back to the draft, April 2022, just a few months ago, and let's break down this Chargers draft class. So Tom Telesco came in looking for offensive uh, offensive line help, and he found it. Uh, he went number 17 overall with Zion Johnson, uh, offensive guard, Boston College, and he is going to be your starting right guard. And so far at camp, seven days in, holding his own, looking strong. Uh, I know Corey Lindsay came, uh, recently came out and recently explained what a great player looks like right now, what kind of work ethic and the way he works. Uh, he really likes a lot of what he's seeing with Zion Johnson, uh, just solidifying hopefully that right guard spot. So good, good pick overall from Boston College. He was the uh, the top, you know, top two uh, guards coming out, and the Chargers were able to grab him. So good job on that. Let's see how that flourishes throughout the season here and onward. Uh, no number two uh, draft uh, correction, nothing the number two uh, round because that was taken uh, for Mac from Chicago. So that was a trade compensation. Went to the third round, of course, and, and grabbed JT Woods, safety out of Baylor. This guy can fly. And uh, it, it's been fun watching uh, some of the highlights on him. Again, relatively new in the package right now with, with the Chargers. I don't see an immediate uh, type of help at this time. But hey, you never know what's going to happen as we go on. I know we have the Derwin uh, James hold in saga going on right now, which I'm, you know, I'm very uh, positive on the fact that they're going to secure a contract, what, worth about $80 million here for uh, for Derwin coming up uh, the next few few days, hopefully, before this uh, before this thing rolls out. I know they wanted to take care of it before training camp started, but obviously we've got a little hold in situation going on. And uh, hopefully everything gets rectified and, and they're good to go. But JT Woods is now part of the uh, defensive secondary. So it's great to add these uh, skilled players on. I think the, his coverage skills are going to be strong. I think that just a, just the a speed factor itself out in the backfield is going to be a, a nice situation to get from. So good pick in the third round, hopefully. Uh, going around from number four, this is where Tom Telesco and his, and his uh, scouts uh, looked at it and said, okay, we got to get a running back for Eckler. Not to say Joshua Kelly is not the answer, not to say that Larry Roundtree is not the answer, uh, but they didn't see enough last year. And I think, well, definitely with this pick, they were looking at adding another young running back in the mix that can hopefully uh, spell Austin and give him that that type of performance and the explosion we need in the backfield because it can't be an Austin Eckler show every week. He just cannot hold up. Really, quite honestly, um, you know, with, with a few exceptions on running backs, carrying 25, 30 times a game, Jonathan Taylor, you know, the, the big king in, in Tennessee. Uh, you got certain guys that, that will do it. 
it's not going to be fruitful for you. You're really going to beat your your backs uh, big time, and especially uh, the size of Austin. Uh, he's not a big, big back. He's a very explosive back. That's going to give you a lot of uh, receptions out of the backfield and some nice runs. You don't want to beat this guy up 25 times a game, right, for 17 weeks and plus uh, the playoffs, hopefully. It's just not going to work well for you. So Isaiah Spiller, running back, Texas A&M. This was a kid that's coming out, this young man, and uh, a lot of a lot of places were scouting him as one of the top running backs. And I, I'm really excited to see how he's going to perform in the preseason. Uh, right now, uh, showing some nice splashes in training camp, what I've been reading and seeing on, on, on video. Um, nice work coming out, usually the second team right now, uh, which rightfully so. But I think as we get deeper into training camp and uh, in the preseason, I want to see how he flourishes. I think he's going to be a kind of back that can really take on a heavy role, and that's going to be nice. Hey, look, Joshua Kelly reports coming out of that uh, about that, you know his performance as well in, in the um, current training camp has been very positive as well. So we'll discuss that here a little bit. But, yeah, really good stable of backs coming up, and I think Isaiah provides that. Fifth round, uh, the Chargers went to UCLA once again and grabbed Otito Ogbonia. He's the defensive tackle from your UCLA Bruins, and he is looking at being a rotational piece in the Chargers' front line. He's six foot four, about 325 pounds, a uh, good, solid uh, defensive tackle that's going to hopefully produce. Round number six, uh, 195th overall, uh, Jamari Salyer. Offensive guard from Georgia. Uh, Jamari actually was rated higher in a lot of places. A lot of scouts were uh, were a little higher than round six for him. He was more of a maybe a two to four uh, round selection. And he did slip out this way. Uh, big boy. And he actually has been looking pretty decent uh, in camp, which rightfully so. They do have like, expectations for him. Uh, so he's coming in. Uh, he's a big player. And he's going to be able to, uh, to hold up and be one of their rotational pieces uh, for this offensive line. And that's great. They'll need that, especially the fact they lost Scott. Quisenberry uh, recently, they need that guard depth. So I, so I think that's going to be a, a good selection for them. And again, if it doesn't happen this year, uh, second and third year, you're looking at a nice uh, depth rotational beast on there. Round six, uh, Jasir Taylor, cornerback, Wake Forest, another speedster uh, that they picked up. And I got to tell you, Jasir has been uh, has been really showing out at the uh, mini camps earlier and obviously in training camp now. Another foundational piece as a uh, depth piece. Which, you know, frankly, the Chargers needed that. We've we've discussed it on the show a number of times. That secondary depth was weak uh, last couple of years, right? We've seen it with the injury bugs that been that was uh, that was hitting them. You have to have the depth, uh, right, in every team. But the, you have to have the depth in that in that secondary uh, to compete. Otherwise, you're not going to make it in the second half. Which which you know that occurred to us losing all those games in the latter part of the uh, in December and that was a big effect of of a lot of secondary injuries so Jasir Taylor comes in hopefully being part of the part of the staff there as well he's got a really good shot to make this team uh round 7 Dean Leonard also uh turning heads here at camp uh doing really well he's he p- gets picked up from Ole Miss as a corner so he's part of the secondary staff as well looking forward to seeing how he goes he's a big guy too he's about 6 foot 195 pounds so he's a bigger uh corner out there as well which the Chargers do like Lastly, round seven, uh, this is Xander Horvath, from a fullback from Purdue. And I don't take this lightly. I think this is a, actually a really strong pick. I haven't been able to see any video or read much about his play yet. I don't think we've seen much with him yet. But I think he potentially can be one of those running backs at six foot three, 230 pounds uh, that really can, can play. Not just being a fullback, but 
uh, coming out of that backfield, making uh, he's got soft hands. He can catch the pass coming out. He can definitely put his nose down there and make some nice blocks for you as a sixth piece of that line. Uh, and I, I can see him making that. You know, we need a short yardage. I thought Larry Roundtree was going to be our short yardage back and and really breaking it. I don't like to see Austin like uh, Eckler on fourth and one and on fourth and two. I like to see a big back come in. And you know, even if you give a play action to him, uh, that's fine too. But I want the big back in there getting a tough yard or two yards. You need that. And I think Xander can provide that. And I'm just kind of curious to see if he's going to show up and 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 provide uh, that capital capability in this league and and take it from what he had in Purdue and to bring it down to uh, to the NFL. So in his career, he's carried the ball only 91 times for just over uh, 335 yards and three touchdowns. So very seldom used, quite honestly. Uh, he had a fibula injury uh, in, in Purdue as well in his uh, senior year last year, and I, that kind of hurt him missing some games. But I think... Um, I think there's a really good pickup later in the rounds. And again, seventh round lottery pick, man. Let's let's see how that one goes. If that's the case, you got a strong fullback in your hands. So nice piece of drafting. I'm not going to give you my draft grade. I, you know, looking at it, I like it a lot. Uh, you answered uh, potentially some issues with the with your line. You needed a desperately another guard in there. You got him with Zion. Potentially, uh, you know, next ten years he's locking up your your guard spot. Hopefully, so you're good to go on that end. I like the JT Woods uh, safety added depth. I think that's that's a good signage. Hopefully, he'll again give this kid about a year, uh, two years, and see how well he's going to perform on there. Right, round four, Isaiah. Like I said. This is uh, this is crucial. Running back, uh, running back room needs to get those pieces, and you have potential top five running back that came in from the uh, from the draft class. So great pickup there, uh, Otito from UCLA, which we talked about. I think you know you always need defensive line uh, rotational depth. I think this can be a good piece for them inside. And uh, Jamari Sellier, you know we'll see. This kid uh, was rated higher. Let's see if he's going to pick up the pieces and provide you with that with that uh, additional piece on the offensive line. Uh, Jasir Taylor and Dean, uh, Dean Leonard, just more pieces in the second. Secondary, which we talked about earlier. So, uh, and again, the addition of Xander, which we just discussed, I think just wraps up a really strong, uh, potentially a strong, strong draft. So really uh, excited to see those young kids and let's see how they perform next couple of years. At this time, I want to discuss our 2018 draft class, and we are going to give this one a grade. Uh, we had a good four years of it, and uh, we're going to see how this panned out. So let me refresh your memories here for the 2018 class. Uh, Tom Telesco um, came back in his first pick. I think you remember this kid. His name is Derwin James, Florida State Safety. Um, so Derwin, which we talked about right now, is in that in that weird situation, awkward situation where he's holding in, right? Which, which I'm glad he's in. I'm, I'm glad he's at the camp doing his thing, but uh, he's waiting for his contract, right? And this is this is key. They got to get him signed. Uh, I would imagine by next weekend, by by game one, uh, latest game two of preseason, this has to get done. Derwin has to be in there. Um, so, with that, with that, let's give that draft grade as a as an easy A. Uh, Derwin just has come in. Look, granted, the couple of years of injuries, which which people can argue, uh, has has hurt him as a draft pick, right, or as a player. Uh, that is maybe potentially one of the stumbling blocks on this new contract, and you've got to take a look at it as, as that because it is it is an important piece. 
the Chargers need the protection as well because if he if he goes down again, God forbid, for another year, um, a major injury again, or, or you know, it's it has happened. So he does that have the injury bug in in his uh, in his DNA for the last couple of years. So I think that's one of the pieces that they might be fearful about. Maybe there's language in the contract where just I'm just assuming there could be some concerns where you know they're not. The Chargers, meaning, or you know, that's the only maybe pivoting issue on on what contract numbers and guarantees they're giving. Correct? Now it's all about guarantee numbers, so that can be a potential problem on there. That's the only negative I would say on Derwin. If you look at it uh, unbiasedly on what the issues are, I think the only negative on on Derwin, the talent is amazing. His ball skills, his FBI skills, his team skills, chemistry with the guys and coaches. He really is like another coach out there, too. It's such a young guy, and he, he plays with such ferocity. Um, I think the only problem is that that injury issue, right? And luckily he had a, a strong year last year, didn't didn't come up. But that's one of the issues we had. But so far, Derwin James, just, just rock and roll. He's going to be the, the highest paid safety uh, in this league. Round two, uh, Number, uh, picks number 16, number 48 overall uh, was Yuchenna Nwasu, linebacker USC, and he performed quite admirably, right? Um, after Melvin Ingram left, he had the starting spot as a DN next to Bosa, and uh, Yuchenna did a great job. And unfortunately, I re- we were really upset. I, I thought a lot of a lot of the fans uh, wanted to keep him this year and have him resign. Uh, unfortunately, Seattle swooped up and, and got him on a two-year, $20 million contract. That's a starting linebacker. That's starting linebacker money. That means he's playing. Uh, Uchenna has had a great, great career uh, so far. And he's going to, I think, uh, the next few years, he's been even greater. I thought last year, the 2021 season, had such a strong performance in, uh, with the Chargers. I think he made a huge impact. And, I, and, again, I was hoping he would get it re-signed. The numbers look pretty good, two years, 20. I wish they, uh, you know, Chargers would have done it, but I get it. There's there's cost issues, and, you know, they want to replenish that secondary. So I, I get that as well. But uh, Uchenna. Great job. I would say that's an A pick right there as well. Uh, round three, Justin Jones, defensive end, North Carolina State. He was picked uh, number 84th overall. Uh, you know Justin Jones. Uh, heart and soul of that defensive line. Uh, our best defensive linemen, uh, especially against the run. The Chargers had such a terrible, terrible year uh, controlling that run. And really the only time that we had uh, great run protection uh, was when Justin was in. And he had a lot of injuries as well last couple of years, right, in and out of the lineup. That hurt him a little bit. Uh, he went on ahead with uh, free agency, and he signed with the Chicago Bears two years, $12 million. So that's a that's a big piece for them now, there as well. That's going to be a, a starting uh, positional uh, money that's going in for him, invested in him. So I would see him as a starter there in Chicago, and I'm sure he's going to do a really good job there as well. And that was a great pick by Tom Telesco in the third round. Fourth round, number 119 overall, went to Kazir White. Uh, at the time, safety out of West Virginia, but of course he went out to that outside linebacker position, and he played it really well. Kazir had a, a number of injuries coming out the first few years. He was very limited. Uh, I remember it was getting a little frustrating not seeing him out there as much, uh, but you saw the last two years and what a great job he's done. Uh, really athletic linebacker. Uh, just, again, very hybrid position for him with safety linebacker. You see the traits because he's such a great uh cover linebacker right uh, really as an interchangeable piece there between safety and linebacker so i like kazir a lot i know a lot of guys want him to stay uh, very easy contract well he, he got signed with the eagles for one year three million uh, you know I, I wish that was something we would spend on because i thought kazir would have been a great uh piece to add on there he would have been a starting uh backer here 
and unfortunately he did go uh, to the Eagles. I think that's a great pickup for them. Uh, one year, three million. I think that was, that was a heck of a pick for for Kazir White. Nice work. Uh, round five, Scott Quis- uh, Scott Quisenberry, UCLA center. Uh, Scott played both center and guard. He did a great job being the second string, coming in for great depth. Um, again, love to have kept him. He signed with the Texans for one year, just under one point two million. So great work on that in uh, in round five. Uh, round six, this kid, Dylan Cantrell. When he came out, I was really excited about him. Wide receiver out of Texas Tech. Big, big guy. And uh, he ran very smoothly. Really, I thought he had a great future coming up. And he got that he had those injury issues uh, in training camp. And I think for back-to-back years, he had really had problems with it, unfortunately. And, and based on that, I think he's out of football now. But at one point, they were even thinking about maybe going a tight end with him. He was such a big size on him and yet can run so well and has uh, soft hands. So unfortunately, that didn't pan out in round six, but that was one of the guys I really thought had a, had a shot in the league. And finally, round seven, you guys know him, Justin Jackson running back out of Northwestern. Hey, look, Justin Jackson, round seven, man, that, that is a great pickup. His injury bug just, just hurt him, right? You could never get him completely healthy throughout the year. Uh, last year, you saw a lot of it. He had some big, big runs. He had that one long touchdown run in um, the middle of the year. He is just a strong runner. I love the way he plays football. Uh, but, yes, he gets banged up a lot. And that, that's his, uh, his issue, a lot of soft tissue injuries and, and so forth. That's really kept him off. Um, he did sign uh, with the Detroit Lions on a one-year, uh, I believe like a $1 million, just a little over $1 million contract. So that's a good pickup for Detroit uh, to have them have Justin Jackson in that running back room. And I'm sure he's going to get some good touches along the way uh, in, in that, uh, in that position. So look, looking back with these picks, uh, Derwin James, uh, obviously leads as the best safety in the league with that number one pick coming back to round two with, uh, with Anwasu from USC, just a great, uh, selection, uh, backing up Melvin Ingram and in, uh, latter years starting for him and playing, doing such a good job. Justin Jones, just, a, a just a defensive line run clogger did a great job there. Cause you're white Scott, uh, Quisenberry and of course Justin Jackson uh, bringing it all together this was a legit A draft and I'll give you some numbers just to back it up uh, not including Derwin James just taking uh, Inwasu uh, Justin Jones Kazir White, Quisenberry and Jackson just taking those contracts right now uh, those five players have $37 million in contracts that they've signed So and they're going to be start, either starters or uh, or quality backups. Again, in Wasu, uh, Justin Jones and Kazir are your starting linebackers, most probably, uh, and with Quisenberry and Jackson as backups. So great work there. I'm going to give that an A class, if not an A plus. That was great work by Telesco. And that's why I have to break it down, man. It's, it's, it's always a four year process. Uh, just out of curiosity, let me give you what Sports Illustrated gave back uh, in April 26th of 2018. They gave this class a B plus. Great. So pretty, uh, pretty close with the with the grading for overall on that one. So that worked out pretty good. The 2022 Chargers team construction is uh, this is this is possibly one of the best uh, rosters I have seen for the Chargers in in quite some time. I'm talking offense, defense, special teams. Uh, this is one of the not just impact players. Because you have him, right? Justin Herbert is not just an impact player. He is a megastar in the league, right? He's a top, top, what, top three, top four, top five quarterback at the least um, in this league. You've got Austin Eckler, 
uh, who's a top running back, impact back. You've got Keenan Allen, right, and Mike Williams. These two are household names. Keenan Allen is just amazing, right? Uh, Mike is just that that impactful guy. So those two coming at you, uh, just that's a lot of star-studded power right there on offense. Um, so that's that's nice to see. The tight ends, I really think, has been an upgrade. The Gerald Everett pickup, I don't think we talked about it last time at the podcast. I love Gerald Everett. And I was, if you go back to one of the, some of the old podcasts last year where I was talking about free agency pickups, Gerald Everett was the kid I wanted from the Rams last year. And, of course, Seattle uh, snaked him away from us. But I really thought that would have been a great pickup last year. Uh, this is an upgrade. You've got Everett with Parham. Uh, and again, Everett can do everything. He's a receiving tight end as well, just like Donald Parham is. Trey McKitty is going to be the draft uh, pack we had last year, and he's a stud. He is a banger. He'll be an in-line tight end, and he'll be there banging away for those runs. I loved seeing him in his very limited opportunities last year. I was really curious to see how he's going to perform. I think he's going to be, and he had some injury issues coming in last year, it looks like. That's why we saw so, many, so much limited activity with him. But I think we're going to see some, some good stuff, especially on um, – on 12 personnel with two tight ends. I think we'll see some exceptional play. I would imagine McKitty will be involved in a lot of those packages. That way either Everett or Parham is going out. You got McKitty staying in or vice versa. If they give some action on uh, on Everett or Parham, then uh, McKitty can escape out and, and get one of the lesser defenders uh, uh, trailing him. And he can do some damage with his soft hands as well and his ferocious bull style running. So good stuff there. So Offensively, I just named you a few, uh, few, you know, few impact players on on that team. On the defensive side, we, it starts with with Bosa and Derwin James, right? Huge names. Uh, again, Derwin, best safety in the league, coming back healthy and fresh. You got Bosa, who boasts a uh, eighty-five point eight PFF Pro Football uh, Focus Grade, eighty-five point eight, one of the highest uh, on that spot. Ninth out of all defensive ends. Now you've got Mister Khalil Mack. That joins him uh, on the other side. Again, 73 grade overall. Had a limited uh, playing last year based on injury, uh, but just is going to be an exceptional, exceptional uh, bookend uh, defensive end. Just watching some of the uh, the video coming out of camp and and seeing it, man, he's just uh, he's just rushing, bull rushing everybody. He's just doing a great job with his speed and ferociousness. And I remember one one play I was watching against Slater. Slater like literally was just was just on roller skates going all the way back, and he did mention uh, to the uh, to reporters that he saw some moves coming out of Mac that he's never ever seen before, and I love it. It's great that he gets pushed like this. Talking about Slater in camp now because the the amount of defensive ends, quality defensive ends, are going to be seeing in the AFC West. Uh, this is a great tandem to practice up against. And obviously, number ones don't go against number ones every day. But there are times where number one offense goes against the number one defense, uh, even if it's individual uh, competition. And I tell you, the, these guys are only going to get better. I'm going to switch sides as well and tell you about Norton. And, uh, and I'm talking about Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins, those guys that are playing the right tackle spot, which, you know, looking at, at it as possibly our, our, our weaker spots, Playing against Bosa and Mac on a daily basis, that's going to be something exceptional for them to, hey, either pick it up and play at that high rate or you're going to get passed by and somebody else is going to get your job. So let's see how that works out for them. But again, uh, going back to our impact defensive players, we talked about the offense earlier. We talked about Bosa and Derwin James. We talked about Mac coming in, uh, J.C. Jackson, right? 
one of the best, if not one of the best corners in the league, potentially the best corner. He was number seven last year out of 116 corners. PFF gave him a grade of 78.9, and he is just rocking and rolling in camp. He's bringing all that uh, and showing off what you know what made him a top free agent. So excited to see it. Um, these are the names, and these this on paper it looks great, right? And now we're putting it together. You know, obviously there's so many things that come with it, the injury issues, right? We're trying to avoid knock on wood as we go. Uh, but let's go through the construction process and see how that works. Let's start with the Chargers defense. Uh, again, Bosa and Mack on the uh, on the outsides, looking strong. They did add a few defensive tackles, which I want to talk about. Uh, Fox uh, came in, uh, Morgan Fox out of Carolina, and he uh, is a strong player. Pass rush grade of 62.9, run defense grade of 44.8, overall 68.6 from PFF. So he's going to be a nice uh, player to come in. We also have... Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day uh, from the Rams. That was a nice pickup for them as well. And he gives you a 57.8 pass rush grade, a 65 run defense grade. And I think that was one of the bigger pickups they won. Look, Brandon Staley needed a defensive line makeover completely. And these guys they brought in uh, is just that. They need defensive line that can stop the run and that's basically what it is they they need run stoppers uh austin johnson uh that came in as well uh that's another huge run stopper right and again he's got a a 53.9 run defense grade and a pass rush grade of 63 but again you're looking at the run stoppage i think they need they're confident with their linebackers and their secondary uh for the for the you know pass defense but in regards to how they're going to protect and how they're going to cover. But I think having that run stoppage, that kills you. You know, it's one thing you get passed on. You get first downs because of, you know, you know, certain pass plays uh, work against you. But in regards to runs, this is what you saw last year in certain games. And the ugliest game, which was one of the better games to watch, of course, and it was fun, fun a sec to watch, was that last Raider game. That run defense was completely exposed and we can go back in that fourth down call and and all that fun stuff we want to talk about or didn't take a timeout with brand staley and when the raiders were running uh, it doesn't matter at this point the biggest thing is if the chargers made the stops against the raiders uh with the run defense they let they let some runs break you guys if you want to go back and check out the video do so and you'll see how we failed on that on that run uh, issue and I think that's the biggest key. Uh, if you stop the other person's running attack, they become one-dimensional, right? They're limited. And now you have the exposure, and now you can bring in your defensive ends and your tackles and start doing some stunts and kind of really putting the pressure on that quarterback. And now your linebackers and your secondary can change up as well. And now they're playing a lot more aggressive because now you're forced and you're you're showing your hand. It's when that run game is working. And look, you've seen it with the Chargers, man. When Austin, when Austin Eckler and that running game is, is working fluidly, Herbert's going to have a lot more opportunity to do some damage, right? And sometimes the passing game opens up more running lanes for you. I get that as well, but that running that running issue is big. That's why that Zion Johnson draft is so huge right now. Um, that's why Lindsley and Fowler are so huge right now in that offensive line because they're not just pass blockers, but they are strong run uh, run linemen, and that's going to be a, a, a key factor. You know, obviously, you want to keep your quarterback healthy and, and upright, but you got to open up running lanes. So. Going back offensively, defensively, on paper, this looks fantastic. And I think they've got a, a really, really good shot to compete uh, 
and, and really be tops in the AFC West and potentially a further down the line. I'm going to break down some positions with you and, and, and go from there and give you a nice little starting lineup of the way I think the roster is going to look like, and we'll finish it up with that. Offensive line, I like what they got going on. This is a really upgraded line, uh, especially looking at it from two years ago. Uh, Second-year player, Slater, is on your left tackle. Uh, you got Fowler on your uh, left guard uh, with big Matt. Uh, he's handling that for you in the second year of the Chargers. Uh, Lindsley is handling your center, and he's the number two center uh, on PFF uh, since last year. And uh, Zion Johnson, your brand-new uh, draft pick, fresh from uh, – Penn State, he'll be taking care of your right guard spot. And this is the the key, the right tackle, right? I still think for some reason Trey Pipkins will take over the spot this year. I, th- I liked what he did last year. I think it was against the Kansas City Chiefs game, the second game, where he was playing the, the left side, right, uh, when I think Slater was out. And I thought he did such a great job. And even some other games after that when he was coming in, I thought he was really holding his own. And I like – it's his fourth year. And this is going to be a make-or-break year uh, for him as a Charger, right, because he's only here for four years. They're not going to renew him unless they see uh, some huge improvement. And I thought we saw that last year. So we'll see. That that camp battle is going to be interesting uh, between Storm and Trey. So we'll see how that kind of works out at the end. I'm going to go ahead and say it's Trey Pipkins for now, but let's figure it out. Tight end spot, uh, I think Gerald Everett, uh, we discussed earlier, I think is a huge upgrade. Uh, even though he's only 35th last year out of 70 tight ends, I think he's going to get a lot more opportunity with Justin. I think the way that Justin distributes this uh, this ball, I think he likes tight ends. I think just uh, Everett's going to have a really good shot of, of, of getting the, a good connection with, with Justin. So Gerald Everett, I think, is a huge upgrade, and I'm looking at, at really positive things with him. Of course, Donald Parham and Trey McKitty, which we just talked about earlier, I think it's a quality tight end, uh, tight end room. Receiver-wise, of course, Allen, uh, Keenan Allen, uh, just what can you say about him? 24th last year, about 115 receivers at 77.5 PFF grade. And then look at it, uh, Mike Williams with a 77.6 grade. He's number 23 out of 115. So there is a 23rd and 24th uh, highest-rated uh, receivers last year on this uh, on this NFL uh, slot of positions. And then, of course, our big step forward will be Josh Palmer, uh, the draft pick from last year who will be manning uh, the um, other side where, where Williams is. Williams usually will line up as an X on one side. Uh, Palmer will usually line up on the other side with a slot. So I think he's, uh, again, he's very similar body style to Williams as well. Very lengthy, great hands, and I think that's going to, I think a lot more opportunity is going to come this way with him this year, and I think it's going to be fun to watch. Jalen Guyton, he's a speedster on this team, as you know, and I think using him as that as that X factor, I think is great. I think as a fourth receiver coming in or even splitting time with Palmer, I think that's fantastic. I think he brings that extra dimension that he really truly is the speed in the in the offensive realm. So that's going to be fun to watch with Jalen Guyton. I think he's a, he's a great player. And uh, let's not forget, uh, there's a few other receivers that have been really showing up at camp this year, um, one of which is the free agent pickup that they got with DeAndre Carter, uh, who they picked up as their punt return and kickoff return man. And DeAndre Carter played for the uh, the Washington football team at the time last year. And I think he's been really showing up and, and showing, I think, with second team that he's been playing with, second or third team, just how great of a receiver he can be as well. And I know Brandon Staley had made a comment about it. So that's going to be fun to see how he lines up. But he'll definitely be in the package as well as the number four, number five in that receiving group. And that's where I'm looking at. And they've got some really good receivers. Uh, they still got Michael Bandy out of University of San Diego, who's a slot receiver, and he's showing up really well. They have Maurice French, 
which, uh, you know, he's turning heads as well. He had a scary uh, hit a couple days ago. Uh, Nasir Adderley had a helmet-to-helmet potentially with him. But he's doing fine, but he was really showing up as well. Jason Moore, he's been on this team a number of times as practice squad member and, and uh, active roster member. Again, he's been a, a fun receiver to watch as well. So they've got a lot to work with. And, and you know, let's not forget Joe Reed. Joe Reed was our draft pick, I think a fifth-round draft pick back in the day. And six foot one, two fifteen. he's still on that whole thing as well, and he's he's part of it, and he's still trying to make the team. If not, he'll go practice squad. But, yeah, he was uh, highly uh, highly looked upon a couple of years ago. Many people were looking at him, draft scouts coming in, as a Debo uh, Samuel. So they were saying very similar type of style with the body and, and, uh, and the plays that he does, potentially the running with the ball from the backfield. I think uh, once or twice uh, they, they even showed that with Joe Reed coming out of the backfield. So it'll be interesting to see if he makes that top five or six. If they end up keeping six receivers, then then I think Joe Reed uh, is part of the the package along with DeAndre Carter. We discussed the running backs, but I'll bring it up just uh, just quickly again. Uh, of course, it's Austin Eckler. It's I think number two is Isaiah Spiller. I think he gets all the carries in the second portion. I think Kelly comes in pretty strong this year as well, and I think you'll see him uh, jump in there. And lastly, I'll go with Larry Roundtree. Unless there's a, a big change in, in some issues or an injury issue that comes up or somebody really takes the uh, – takes the reins uh, you know, as, as the second guy. I really think that's the way it's going to kind of roll up on that side. And that's a nice uh, tandem of backs to have. And I would imagine having three uh, suited up for each each game would be the way to go, especially if you had your uh, fullback in there, which I think Xander will take care of that fullback spot. I think he's going to win it, and I think he's going to do a good job as that fullback and special teamer on that end. Defensively, uh, looking at the squad, obviously you've got James and Adderley as your safeties. Uh, you're going to have Asante Samuel and J.C. Jackson on the outside and Bryce Callahan, which they picked up from Denver. Uh, strong pickup, and I think this is going to be really huge for them. He'll be, he'll play the slot, and he's got a pass rush grade of uh, 72.1, so he can he can blitz you and come out and get you. He's also got a really nice uh, coverage grade of 67.9, and uh, his only lacking area is run defense grade of 28.3. At that point, I'm not too concerned. Uh, I think you're really you're putting that slot corner there for uh, for a reason. He's going to cover uh, the slot, and that's his uh, that's his mo. And I think at 5'9", 190, uh, Bryce Callahan has a, has a lot of work he can do. He was injured last few years, uh, just bounced back with that. So I think it's it's good to see how he's going to rebound. His best year was in 2020. He was. Uh, he was third on PFF with 84.1 in 2020. Uh, and I think 2019 was the injury year for him. Uh, last year was 75th out of 116, also limited with some injuries. So I want to see how he bounces back. They're hopeful for him. And, they, and you know, he's still young enough uh, that he should do really well with that one. He just drafted in uh, 2015. So he's only got a, uh, about, what, seven years in the, in the books. So looking forward to see how that pans out. Mike Davis, your starter last year is going to be um, – the fifth corner at that point, right? Well, correction, the fourth corner coming out at that point. So you can play both, uh, most probably outside. I think the young kids with Jasir Taylor and, and Dean Leonard, I think, have a really good shot to uh, to make this team uh, the way they're playing back there. So that looks strong as well. JT Woods, uh, round three, he's going to be a lock to make this team. And just recently, there's been a lot of talk of, of Mark Webb just playing really well at training camp. Uh, I think he's coming in strong. He was injured last year with that knee issue. I think Mark, Mark Webb... Uh, another great safety, interchangeable safety I can play back there, along with Nasir. Uh, and also Lohi Gilman, we're forgetting to mention him, but he's been uh, he's been strong with the Chargers. So uh, I tell you, they've really been adding up a lot of pieces in that secondary, and that's looking, uh, looking really uh, strong for them. 
So that's your composition in a nutshell, what this looks like. Um, hey, look, we have a preseason game coming up shortly. Uh, next week, it's going to be uh, the Chargers and the Rams in the preseason at, at beautiful SoFi Stadium. Really, really fun to watch. Curious to watch some of these young kids really, uh, you know, playing well. I don't, I don't expect to see Herbert there. I hope they don't do anything with him. I don't expect Austin Eckler to be there. Uh, I, I don't expect Keenan Allen or Mike Williams to suit up. Or there's no need. I don't want to see J.C. Jackson. I don't want to see any of these kids play. Uh, young kids playing. I want to see all the youngsters. I want to see. I want to see all the second stringers playing and having a good time. And let's see what they look like. Uh, hey, this is the battle testing position that's got to happen, right? The depth chart continues. And uh, the, like we said, just to recap it, this is one of the best off seasons I've seen the Chargers spend money on and get quality, quality guys. You can all spend money and get. Um, guys that are okay, but this is like legit players they grabbed. Um, the Khalil Mack trade was really uh, substantial as well. Bringing that together along with a nice free agency class and, and a draft class, I should say, that's been that's been really huge. And I really want to see how that's gonna that's gonna pan out. We'll catch up with you guys. We'll discuss it after our first preseason game against the Rams next week. As always, um, you can always catch us on Instagram at extreme voltage underscore podcast my name is d malconian before we leave you i want to give some acknowledgement to some folks out there first of all my producer the man himself tyrell mad dog wiggins taking care of us as he does all the time I want to thank kevin mcleod from filmmusic.io for strength of the titans and the ice giants appreciate the music otherwise we shall see you after the rams game you guys take care catch you on the next one